This is Boundless, and I'm Ed Blonsky. Everyone has a need, and I'm glad to share with you the one thing that can meet every single need. It is the love of Jesus Christ. On today's show, you'll hear a message of love and hope, the very same love and hope that will meet all needs. The messages on Boundless have recently been given at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And if you happen to be in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit at www.stmatts.net. That's www.stmatts.net. Now, here's today's message. Thanks for listening. Dear friends in Christ, allow me to introduce myself again. My name is Reverend Chris Whitby, and I serve, actually I serve all of you. I serve as the assistant to our district president, the Reverend Dr. Alan Buss. My official title is Assistant to the President-Mission and Ministry, but my job could be best summed up by the last sentence in the job description, which is, and other duties as assigned by the president. <laughs> so wherever President Buss says, Pastor Chris, show up and do that, I show up and I do that. Today, I get to show up here and I'm honored to bring God's word to you. But before we do a little bit of housekeeping, before we do so, it's been several months since I've been here. I think it was February last I was here. So once again, allow me to bring you greetings. Greetings from your brothers and sisters in Christ, the men and women, boys and girls that make up the 200 congregations, some nearly 100 schools and various ministries of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod right here in Northern Illinois, of which, of course, St. Matthew's is a part of as well. Together as God's family here in Northern Illinois, we center our ministry around three core values. They all begin with W, thank God, so that minds like me can remember them. The first core value is we are people of the Word. We go back to the Word of God because we find there every promise of our Lord, chiefly that promise of the free gift of salvation that is ours solely on account of what Jesus has done in his life, death, and resurrection. We are people of the Word. As people of the Word here in Northern Illinois, we Lutherans are also then people of wellness. God bless you. See, we timed that that way. <laughs> we know that every good gift comes from our Lord, every blessing that he gives us that sustains our bodies and lives in this world. And we seek to reflect that wellness in our lives, one, by, by asking God to mold in us a grateful heart for the blessings that he gives to us, and then also to teach us to have a generous heart in response to his love to our family, our friends, our neighbors, our community around us. We seek to share the blessings of wellness with others so that we might fulfill that third core value. As people of the word, as people of wellness, then we are people of witness as well. We seek to share the good news of what Jesus has done with our friends, our family, our neighbors, our community, the world, so that they might know the gift of salvation, even as you all do, that they might know the gift of God's unfailing love that cares for them in this life and brings them along with us to life everlasting. You serve and work together with some 200 congregations in that endeavor right here in Northern Illinois. How does that work out among us all? Well, we actually just did something together in April. We had the Shine event where there was, I, I don't know if you had heard, there were some 8,000 
2,000 Lutherans out here in Northern Illinois that spread out through that third week in April to share the good news of Christ in their actions and their communities. You were a part of that. And then we actually joined with the Missouri District that week that brought 10,000 more Lutherans out throughout Missouri for that same endeavor. What a joy to work together in that way. We also have the opportunity continuing in witness in our mission work together in Belize. I was just down in Belize in April, got to see firsthand and got to participate once again in God's work among the people of Belize as we as Northern Illinois get to engage with our missionaries and our partner churches there. What a joy, what a beautiful country. Have you ever been there? Anyone? A few of you. How would you like to join me for a week's mission work in paradise? No, I'm not joking. Because we're going to continue to do trips like that. That's a part of our witness together. And we'll engage our, our brothers and sisters in Christ and you right here at St. Matthew in that work. If you'd be interested, let me know. Those are ways that God works us together. Oh, and allow me also to bring you greetings from your district president, Reverend Dr. Ellen Buss. It's my honor to serve alongside this man of God a shepherd among our shepherds, and to see our Lord bear fruit of faith in his life that helps our ministries throughout Northern Illinois. And I would, I would ask you earnestly, please keep President Buss and his staff, we at Northern Illinois District, in your prayers, that God would resource us in whatever way needed, that we might continue to be good servants to all of you. Now, with housekeeping in good order, let's get to the Word of God. So, dear friends in Christ, love is such a silly, sloppy word in our English language, isn't it? I mean, think about it. I mean, I love my kids, I love my cats, I love my friends, I love my wife. I love cribbage, I love football, I love popcorn, I love theater. Not just the movie theater, I like live performance theater. I hope I don't love them all the same way, right? I mean, if so, I mean, someone's getting way too much attention and someone else should feel a little bit jilted, right? I mean, it's a silly, sloppy word, at least the way that we use it. I mean, but, but honestly, I mean, or at least frankly, when, when I say or when you say something like, I love popcorn, I'm not saying that like, popcorn has touched the very core of my being. You know, when I say that I love football, I'm not saying that I've made some sort of like lifetime commitment to football, although some would argue I have in certain seasons. What do we mean when we really say, I love you? What do we truly mean? I've been working on a definition as a follower of Christ of what it means when we say to someone, I love you. And this is what I think it means for us. When I say to someone, I love you, what I'm saying to them is, I see you. I see you. Not, I don't see the mask that you try to put out there for the world so that the world will tolerate you. I don't see you in the lies that we might tell ourselves so that we can tolerate ourselves. Rather instead, when, when we say, I love you, what we're saying is, I truly see you as you truly are. 
and seeing you even as you truly are, I would still seek to bless you in your life, even at the cost of my own blessings. That's love. You know, that's, that's the love that God unfolds, unpacks in our lives in the epistle reading today. It is. Because after all, in there, Paul gives us this building picture of God saying, I see you. I don't see the mask that you put out there in the world. I don't see the lies that you tell yourself. God says, I truly see you. And notice, it's a building picture that is more and more unpleasant, isn't it? Because notice what God first says. He first says about us in that epistle reading, he says, I see you as what? I see you as weak, ungodly people. That's in the very first verse of the text. Weak and ungodly. In Paul's day, neither were a good label. And in Paul's day, Gentiles, the Romans, they valued strength. They didn't value weakness as some sort of virtue of which you would aspire to. Rather, instead, they were a people that, uh, that appreciated achievement and strength and felt that weakness was, well, a weakness to be despised, to be avoided, to be hated. The Israelites in Paul's day, they didn't care for weakness either, but they certainly didn't care for that label ungodly. No, rather instead they would show through the strength of their obedience and good works that they were indeed a very godly people of themselves, of their own power and strength. And yet God says through Paul to the people of Paul's day and to us as well, he sees us as those who are weak. Weak to do anything about earning our place with God. Weak to do anything about achieving our own salvation or eternal life, or really even our own life in this world as well. Why? Because God would say we're an ungodly people. How is it that we're ungodly? Even if we're striving to be a godly good people, well, that's where that next descriptor uh, descriptor comes. Paul says that God sees us, and what does he say? He says, even while you are sinners. Sinners. I hope you're enjoying today's message on Boundless from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods. For more, you can go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. You can also support our ministry and access more online content of Boundless Hope. And if you're in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. Now, back to today's message. You know, in Paul's day, nobody liked to be called a sinner. It was a sign, once again, of what their nature was like and how not good they were. It's true in our day as well, right? I, we don't like to be called sinful people or have our sins pointed out to us. I mean, in Jesus' day, the, the setup to the parable of the Good Samaritan, he's speaking with an expert in the law, a guy who knows the very law of God, and he wants to know what he has to do to be saved, to have eternal life. And Jesus asking him, he says, well, what do you read in the law of God? What does it say? And notice he would say, love, your, love God and love your, enemy, or love your uh, neighbors as yourself. And then Jesus says, you're right. 
do it and you'll be saved. You'll have life everlasting. And then the guy asked the question, well, who's my neighbor? God bless you. No, who's my neighbor? Why? Because he doesn't want to be exposed to the reality that he might actually sin against someone. So he just wants to cut those people that he might sin against out so that he doesn't have to be judged. We kind of have that same feeling. We don't want to be judged, or at the very least, if we're labeled, we want to be able to label ourselves. That, you know, that, well, I, I, I may not be perfect, but I'm not all that bad, right? I mean, I, uh, uh, after all, I, can, I, can I pick on you for a second? What's your name? Keith, Keith, uh, thank you for letting me pick on you for a second because I was going to do it anyway. So I appreciate that you're, you're willing to go along with it. You know that old Lutheran hymn, right? You know, chief of sinners though I be, Keith's a little worse than me, <laughs> right? We don't want to be judged that way, and yet God in the scriptures today would say, for every violation of my law, for every infraction of it, whether it is the wrong that you did or the good that you failed to do, do you know what that's called? That's called sin. It comes from a sinful nature. God says, when I see you, I see your sin, and that you're a sinner. And as a sinner, then God sees us in that final picture that Paul gives, which is perhaps the most heartrending of all. God says, while you were my enemy. And we don't often think in terms of enemy nowadays, right? I mean, how many of you right now can think of that one person in your mind and you'd say, that's my enemy? Maybe a few can. But most of us can't. Why? Because we live in a peaceful era, at least here in our land we do. Why? Because, well, we, we I think in two ways, we, we tend to want to think that people are basically good. And then also, boy, thinking of someone as an enemy sounds judgy and personal, doesn't it? And yet God looks at us and says, enemies. Why? Because we're the ones that have robbed God. We robbed God of what he intended in his creation, that we have creatures that would perfectly reflect his image in this world. And we, from Adam and Eve forward, have taken that gift and we've thrown it away. That we're the ones who don't bear the fruit that God would have us bear time and again so that he would be known in this world. We think that maybe that would be left to somebody else. We're the ones who have even robbed God in the sinful death that is coming of having a world filled with creatures that would live eternally. And God could rightly not only label humanity enemy, he could rightly then execute a wrathful judgment on all. He's justified in doing so, because that's who we are. We, without him, are his enemies who are sinful, who are weak and ungodly to do anything to change that course of action. But right at that moment of honest confession, where God sees us as we truly are, what does he do? Does he show up and destroy? Does he show up and condemn forever? No! What God does when he sees you and me as we truly are, he blesses us. He blesses you and me. 
What does he do for us? He takes that weakness and he pours on the strength of Christ over our failed lives. He takes that sin and he covers it over with his son's blood and forgiveness. He takes you and me who were once called enemies and now he will go so far as to reconcile with us and say, no, now you are my children, you're my dear friends. He takes the death that would have been waiting for us all and he takes it away, and he gives the gift of life, of life everlasting. You see, dear brothers and sisters, he blesses us. Knowing what we truly are, seeing us without the mask that we would put out there to the world that we're pretty good, or the lie that we tell ourselves that we're better than others, no, he sees us just as we are, and he gives us those blessings of his grace and his gospel. How? At the cost of his own blessing. You see, he could have been the God that would stay in heaven forever and just dwell in his own glory and life. But instead, for your sake, he sends his son into this world. And what does Jesus do to bless you? He does everything that is needed at great cost. He dwells among his enemies, the sinners. He lives a perfect life in their midst, in their place, because that's what his father asked of him. And then what does he do? He takes the condemnation, the wrath of God that you and I would deserve. And notice how Paul emphasizes it again and again and again in our text. Listen to what he says. While we were weak, what did Jesus do? At the right time, he died for the ungodly. Notice again, he says, while we were sinners, what did Jesus do? He died for us. Now that we've been justified, we've been justified by his blood, even while we were enemies, Paul says, God reconciled us by the death of his son. You see, it cost him everything. But he gives that gift of his grace, why? Because he would say to you and me today, I love you. I see you as you are. And I bless you at the cost of my own life that you would have life. Life eternal, why? Because the victory is declared in Jesus' empty tomb and his own resurrection that if God has reconciled us by his death, how much more will he give to us in Christ's life? That's what God lavishes on us today in his love for us. It's what he freely gives to us without cost to us because his son pays the full price. Paul says that receiving that kind of love, receiving that kind of grace, where we are now the forgiven ones, where we are now the ones who have the strength of Christ in our lives, that we are called his children in the waters of holy baptism, no longer enemies. Paul says, you know what the result is? Therefore, just as sin came into the world, or excuse me, he says, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. The word rejoice that's actually, it's a beautiful word, but the word in the original language has a little more strength to it. It actually says, not, not just rejoice, but it's more of a boastful joy. We brag about what our Savior has done for us. And do you know who you brag to? You just stand in a closet in front of a mirror and you brag to yourself, right? No. 
That's not what we do. Instead, we go out. We go out with the strength of our Savior. We go out with his gift of forgiveness and his gift of life that reconciles us. We go out with the, in the, the valuable gift of his life, death, and resurrection, and we boast what our Savior has done to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors. Who do you love? Who would you say I love you to? Who would you say I see you as you are with your sins and your weaknesses, and I'd still seek to bless your life. That's the person you boast to. Boast to them about what Jesus has done for you. Tell them that he's done it for them as well. Even if it costs you a blessing, even if it costs you the breaking through that barrier of awkwardness in telling them, or maybe even the fear that they might reject what you say, just boast about what Jesus has done, what he's done for them and done for you. And as you do so, you're telling them not only that you love them, but you're letting Jesus say to them as well, I love you, just as he says to you and me today. Better than popcorn or football or even my cats. Jesus' gift of love that gives us life and gives us the gift of life to share with others. May we do so in joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message on Boundless. I hope that today's message brought you the love and hope that will meet your need. I'm the pastor at St. Matthew Lutheran in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And at St. Matthew, we see that there is boundless need all around us that can be met with the boundless love of Jesus so we can all live with boundless hope. For more, go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. There you will find more content and resources that will give you the boundless love of Jesus. If you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at St. Matthew Hawthorne Woods. There is no E in Hawthorne, by the way. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening to Boundless. Remember, the answer to all need is Jesus, who is love and brings hope.